have a few people that are missing uh, that are away for this weekend, but we always look forward to this time of, of sharing with you some of the things that God has done. Um, I was just reflecting on this. For many of you, you've seen a presentation like this before. Uh, you've probably seen some of the places. And for many of you, you've actually been to those places. Um, but the incredible thing is how something that you can go over and over and over with, God changes the story. God changes the experiences. God changes what comes back. And uh, our hope this morning is not just to thank you for your support and prayer, but to give you a glimpse of some of the things that took place and uh, how God actually worked in our midst. I've got a few questions that I'm going to ask, and uh, these guys are going to answer, so uh, we'll get right on it because we have a limited amount of time, but we also want to make sure that your hearts are full by the time you leave this place. All right, so we've got this first question. Why was this trip important to you? So this is Rebecca. She's going to take it, take it off. Um, okay, so for me, I would say, um, well, I've been going to this church for most of my life, um, from what I can remember, and I've always heard about this Jamaica trip. Um, it's always been a big thing that everyone goes to um, when they're youth, and I always looked forward to it, um, and all my siblings had gone, so I knew that um, people were really changed on this trip, and it had a big impact, and they really got to know God on this trip. So going in, I was really focused on the mission of helping people and doing the projects, which of course was a big part, but something that we were constantly reminded of was that... Um, that we should be focused on ourselves too and our growth with God and we were also part of the mission. Um, and something that we focused on every day was listening to God. So we would, on the bus going places, we would always do listening activities and I had never been able to listen to God before and I always tried and I was like, no, I can't hear him. I just, it does not work for me. But we did it every day and um, eventually I got to and I thought it was the craziest thing. And um, over the whole trip, I realized that um, God is always there, and he always wants to be talking to you, and he's always there trying to get to you, but you just have to take the time to listen. And um, just like the whole trip, um, uh, seeing all the things that happened when people were listening to God and seeing all the things that he did was uh, really crazy. I think we also have another mic down there. So, yeah, you can grab that mic down there. Yeah, the wireless one there. We have, yeah, I think we have three. Christian, we're okay with these three? Perfect, thanks. Hello, I'm Merrick. Um, so before this trip, I was finally starting to open my eyes and see what God can really do. I'd been going through a series of rough patches that seemed to keep coming back to my mind over time. But throughout this time was when I finally took a step back, learned to trust in God, and allow him to work however he wants through this healing process. With the Jamaica trip coming up around this time, it felt like things were finally falling into place. The mission in myself had already begun before Jamaica, but once I got there, I would learn that this mission with myself and God would not be over anytime soon. I like to say that I really tried going on this trip with as little expectation as possible, but I always end up saying that God had completely exceeded my expectations in so many ways. God showed me the power of prayer and the healing it can bring to people's lives in an instant. When visiting the infirmary, seeing all these men basically on their deathbed saying Jesus is all they have now, it made me realize that Jesus is all anyone will ever need whether you're on your deathbed or not. When visiting Comfort Hall on the sixth day and doing children visits to houses of people hard at work and in need, God revealed the impact that a simple word from scripture or a hymn can have on someone's heart. God would also show me things and people I have never seen before through visions, which would end up being the same people I was praying for later that day, something I never thought I would do. This trip was important for many reasons, but here's the one that stands out. Everything we did in Jamaica, we did for the glory of God. 
We let God take control. We gave up ourselves, realized that this was his trip, and listened for his voice. This is why so many lives were changed on this trip. This is why we had been given an extra bit of strength every day to work harder than we did the day before. This is why I am still surprised to how much I stepped out of my comfort zone on this trip. We gave every big thing and every little thing to God. He took the reins and he did his work through us and the many people in Jamaica. After experiencing everything I did, I can truly say with full confidence and belief that we can do all things through he who strengthens us. Hi, I'm Adam. Uh, so this is my first time on the Jamaica trip and I've just always heard stories about it and I like, just really wanted to go from the time I can remember. So getting to go this year was definitely a big part of my life. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me was just the way I grew in my faith and with all the people around me. Um, taking time out of the day just to like, talk to God and see what he has planned for us for the day really helped and now doing that with all these people, I grew closer to them and now I have friendships that I didn't have before. Um, and just seeing all like the happy faces on the children and the people that, that were there, even though they didn't have that much, just the way that they can be so happy, just like really brought a smile to my face and it makes me grateful for all the things that I have. And yeah. Hi, my name is Elijah and uh, this trip was important to me for a few reasons. Um, first, the trip to the infirmary pushed me out of my comfort zone because I had the opportunity to read scripture to the men there. The Bible tells us to encourage others, and I found that reading to the men really brightened up their days. And I realized that I can do that at home too. This trip also helped me discover that I can serve God through work and doing jobs no matter what it was. One of the jobs that I had the most joy of doing was filling the holes on the road leading up to Robin's Nest. This was because I, for one, enjoyed the work, but also knew that this would save them a lot of effort even though it rained the next day and destroyed everything we did. Um, finally, I learned that reading the Bible is important to growing my faith. I had a personal goal of reading Matthew to prepare for the trip. While I was in Jamaica, I read Matthew chapter 26, and it was the parable of the talents. My experience in Jamaica taught me that I need to use my gifts and talents God gave me to serve him with him with. Thank you. Oh, excellent. Can't hold it up. Yeah. The way this is going, your hands are going to be really sore by the end of uh, today, so it's okay. Um, we, we did experience a bit of difficulty down there, um, so I asked this question, what were some of the more difficult things that you experienced, and uh, how did it change you, if at all? So Deb, take it away. So um, I think that I can speak on behalf of the team that there were many difficult moments throughout the trip. I mean, you had like your typical physical challenges, like any missions trip where some of us were like, if another kid jumps on my back, it might break. But like, um, besides that, there was also definitely some emotional moments and it had already been mentioned. But for me, something that impacted me was going to the infirmary. Now, I had never really been to something like this, but basically it's like a hospital for men. But when I say hospital, it's really just like 30 beds, each one filled with a guy who is really sick and um, most of them don't get the proper care they need or their family doesn't even come visit them. So we went there and me and Jim were partners and um, basically our goal was to go around and pray for these guys, read them some scripture or like, Really, our purpose was just to give them some encouragement and hope. But really, I think 
um, they gave that right back to me. Um, there's this one guy, Raywald, who impacted me the most, and he, um, and it just, it broke my heart to see, like, how much he was struggling and still is struggling, but I was really amazed at how much passion that he had for Jesus, even though he was going through all this, and the confidence and trust he had, even though, like, he was practically lying on his deathbed, but he had so much confidence and trust in God, and um, that really, like, hit home for me, and he asked us to read him a Psalms, it was Psalms 91, and it was all about how God will never leave us, no matter the circumstance, or, and he's always with us, so after I was done reading that, he was like, wipe away your tears, because one day I'm going to see you and all my other brothers and sisters in heaven, and these words were just really powerful to me, and I think, um, it's changed the way that I like go about my everyday life now. It brought me a big like sense of peace and um, just, yeah, like I have a lot of peace from that and I know that God will be with me no matter my circumstance that I'm going through. So yeah, great experience. Um, hi, I'm Nicole. And this is my second time going on the trip. So I didn't, I had like different like expectations, even though I tried not to, but I found this trip was like really different. And one of the things that was like difficult obviously is like, we live such a different lifestyle than the people in Jamaica. And it's sometimes hard to see that because you don't wanna like see that other people are like struggling when you are not struggling like that. And one thing that really was like an eye opener for me on this trip and on last trip was just the way that like so many people there, they have almost nothing, but the way they just like worship God and like love him is so inspiring. And especially at the infirmary, which a lot of people have talked about, but the fact that most of these men were on, are literally on their deathbed, but they just, I don't know, love God so passionately and have all their trust in him is really like awesome to see. And we went around and prayed with them and just like the idea of prayer is so different to me now. And I've decided to like, I don't know, like start praying like in a different way because I just see it so differently after going on the trip this time. And Megan. My name is Megan. Um, the most difficult thing for me to deal with on this trip was my health. From having really bad headaches to getting heat stroke, or being sick to my stomach on the airplane and through security on the way back home, I tried my best to be able to participate in everything and not let this amazing opportunity that I had go to waste. Starting on the second day we were in Jamaica, I got a really bad headache and stomach ache that actually lasted every other day of the trip. But I was still able to participate with, in what we were doing. On the fifth day, I was playing outside uh, with some of the children at Comfort Hall, and so my headache got extremely bad. I was feeling really dizzy, dehydrated, lightheaded, and nauseous. I was so hot, my skin was starting to turn red. This was the worst I've ever felt in my whole life. I had gotten heat stroke, which unfortunately took me out of being able to 
participate in what the rest of the team would be doing in the next couple of days. Due to this, I was sitting in the library comfort hall where I was lying down on some chairs in the corner of the room with bags of ice and cool towels all over me while I drank 37 bottles of water in the span of two hours. During this time, I was feeling really discouraged and I felt that I wasn't able to participate and get to have the same experience that some of the other youth were having. But not being able to participate was actually a good thing because it left me with some time to read the Bible and focus on God. I decided to read through Jeremiah just because I've never really read through it before. I read Jeremiah 17:14, which is, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. Instantly after reading that verse, I was no longer dizzy, lightheaded, or nauseous. I was starting to cool down, and my headache was starting to go away. I still wasn't feeling good at all, but I was able to put a smile back on my face and go back outside to sit, talk, and play with some of the kids and show them God's love. That moment when I finished reading that Bible verse is a moment that I'll never forget. I have always seen other people be healed by God, but I have never experienced that for myself. Though this mission trip was very, very hard on me physically and emotionally, it was such an amazing experience that had such a big impact on me. Excellent. Thank you. Um, before I get to this next question, one of the things I want to say, uh, which really encourages me over the years, and I don't know if you noticed this, but um, this year, part of our youth uh, leadership on our missions trip was uh, John and Marianne. And then there's Gary. Gary and I are like regulars. We're basically like the Jamaica parents of, of this trip. I think we've gone to almost every trip except for one. So we're, we're like fixtures on this trip. But the exciting thing, the really cool thing is that uh, we were joined by John and Marianne, who uh, were youth on this trip. And what's been happening over the last few years is uh, people on the team have been growing to, to a place where they, they have now stepped into our leadership roles. And what's really amazing is that, I, I, we said this earlier, that the people sitting here on this, on this trip, the youth, uh, I expect them one day to be leading this trip as well. Um, and so we totally expect different people to be coming home. So that's the question that we got to ask. Did a different person come home uh, from this trip? If so, what changes have you or others noticed uh, from this trip? So I think Jacob and Caitlin are going to be taking this, this question. So, <clears throat> Hi, my name is Caitlin. This is my first time on the Jamaica trip. And I do think I came back a different person. Something I noticed was right when I got back to school, the people we met in Jamaica are so different than some of my friends at school. People in Jamaica are always so happy, and they, were always, and they always had a smile on their face. They never complained about a thing, and they were always such a joy to be around. Compared to some of my friends at school, even though they had the new phones, shoes, clothes, etc., they are never satisfied, which makes me realize how much they need Jesus. So even in just small ways, I'm trying to open that door for them. Something else I noticed is how at one of our Jamaica fundraisers I spoke at over the summer, I was so nervous to speak, even though I was so excited to go. But now I'm just so excited to speak about my experiences. Hello. Hello, my name is Jacob. Um, so to answer this question, uh, so I was, uh, I was on the bus on the way to um, Comfort Hall, and we were doing that listening activity that most of us talked about. And so I saw myself washing feet. And so I told, the, I told everyone, and then uh, Jim, Jim said that the adult team actually sent down barrels with, with that had stuff to wash feet. So I was like, cool, I'm going to go to Comfort Hall and wash people's feet and maybe like visit shut-ins. So the first day I went, and 
Unfortunately, the barrels didn't arrive on time. So then the next day I went back and the barrels still weren't there. So I was, so I was really contemplating like whether or not that was what I was meant to do. And it was something that I asked God um, what, why, why I saw that or what that vision was about. And I remember distinctly one night um, after debrief, Gary said to me, washing feet is the, the biggest symbol of surrendering and humility. And that, that really stuck out to me. And it's something that I brought home. Uh, it's just always been on my mind, just surrendering to God. And so I didn't actually end up washing feet, but that, that message has been with me ever since. And it was just really reassuring that um, this morning, actually, I wasn't sure if this was the message that I was supposed to give, but this morning, uh, the song that we sang, it was uh, At the Cross, At the Cross, I Surrender My Life, I Give All to You. So, anyway, so yeah, that um, I wouldn't say that I came back a different person, but I would say that definitely uh, I came back with a different mindset, and I hope that, and whenever someone asks, like, what changed, I always say that it's it's pending, it's in the works, because I think that God has a, God's, God is going to keep working in me and in all of us, so, yeah. Cool. Um, we, we essentially could have just spent our entire time on this next question, and I bet you, and I would challenge you to go and ask, I'm sorry for putting you guys on the spot, it, just take a mental picture of these guys' faces, right, and uh, talk to them and ask them this question, because you're only going to hear from a select, like a group of them, but I bet you everybody has something to say about this. How was God present on this trip? Because he was. So we got Christina, Caitlin, John, and Beth. I'm Christina. So this is my second time going on this Jamaica trip with this team. So for me and for all of us, I would say God was present right from the very beginning. So on the very first day, we were driving up to Comfort Hall, and John took the lead, and he was like, okay, guys, we're going to do a listening activity, and we're going to search for our treasure. We're going to do a treasure hunt. And I'm like, okay, John, this is kind of weird, but we'll do it. So we had to pray to find our treasure, and throughout the day, if we found our treasure, we would pray for that person or do whatever we thought we were supposed to do. So I was praying, and I was like, okay, like, come on, John, this is kind of weird, but, you know. And I just got the word miserable kept coming up in my head, and I'm like, this is really strange. Like, I was really thinking I would get, like, a person or something, and then we were sharing, and everyone was talking about all these people that they saw or kids that they saw that they were going to play with, and I was like, okay, well, miserable is not a person, like, whatever. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, we are going to an orphanage, so who knows, maybe there's a kid that really doesn't want to be there. So I was going throughout the day just doing whatever we were doing. We were painting and cleaning and whatever. And closer to the end of the day, Megan and I were doing crafts with some of the kids and one of their pod moms. So the kids are in groups and they all have like a pod mom that takes care of them. And so we were making necklaces, whatever, in this playground area. We were sitting at a picnic bench. And then the kids were done playing with their crafts and beads and whatever, and they went and started playing in the playground. And I was still sitting at this picnic bench with this um, pod mom. And so I was like, oh, maybe this is her. Like, maybe she doesn't like working here or whatever. I don't know. So I started talking to her, and I asked, like, oh, do you enjoy working here? Do you like it? Do you love the kids? And she just went on and on about how much she loved working here and how these kids were her life, and she felt like she was serving God here. And I was like, okay, well, she's definitely not miserable. Like, she's not the one I'm looking for. And Marianne came over to me um, just after that, actually, and she asked, have you found your treasure yet? And I said, no, I thought it was this lady, but 
Like, she's not miserable like I thought she was. And Marianne was like, oh, well, just pray for her anyways. Like, never, you can never go wrong. And I was like, okay, true, Marianne. So then <laughs> I asked her what her name was, and she said it was Anna Marie. And I was kind of taken aback by this because my mom's name is Anna Marie. So I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And so then I asked if there was anything I could pray for her for. And she kind of just laughed, and she was like, oh, yeah. And she went on and on about how she has four kids at home and she's trying to get them all through school and she can't afford to get them through school, but that's something that's really important to her and how sometimes she can't afford to get to work, but she loves coming to work, so she would really hate to have to quit and how there's lots of health issues going on with her and how it's really hard to walk sometimes. And she spends most of her time either working at this orphanage or at church. She works six days a week except when she's at church and she runs the youth program and she just really enjoys working with these kids and she can't do it all the time, which is something she really struggles with. So after hearing that, I kind of figured out that when she wasn't at work serving God or at church serving God, that the rest of her life was miserable to her, like having to worry about putting her kids through school or feeding her kids or making sure she was healthy enough to go serve God was something that she was making her miserable. So I think um, right from the very beginning, I wasn't expecting that, and I had to get a push from Marianne and a push from John to do that. But then throughout the week, it was crazy to see how God was present in all of us. And you can imagine if that was the first day, what was happening on the last day for all of us. Go ahead, Caitlin. Hi again. Um, so one way God was very present on the trip for me was when I prayed over a man named Leonard. In the mornings on our bus rides, we would do a treasure hunt where we would pray about someone or something to find throughout the day and find them, pray for them, or just love on them. So one of the first times we did the treasure hunt, I saw a bright yellow t-shirt, but I didn't end up finding it that day. A couple days later, a group of people were going to visit the shut-ins, and I originally wasn't going to go because I didn't really think it was my scene. I believe it was a Sunday evening we were there. We had something where we shared a thing that we wanted to happen through us on the trip, and everyone had their hands on whoever was being prayed for, and then Jim anointed us with oil. That experience was very, very powerful. Oopsies. Okay. Um, I had asked that I would be able to introduce someone to God or faith for the first time. After it was that night when the group couldn't go to see the shut-ins, Jim had said that the shut-ins were lonely, sad, but something that really stuck out to me was that they were spiritually dead, when I heard that, I felt a ping in my heart, and everything just connected that I had to go visit the shut-ins. The morning of the visit, we did a treasure hunt again, and I saw an older woman with her hair in a bun, a bright yellow t-shirt on, and she was in a wheelchair. I think it was our second last visit, we visited an older man named Leonard. He was missing his right leg, and he was in a wheelchair. Once we were all settled in, John had mentioned that he might be my treasure because of the wheelchair, and someone had a yellow t-shirt on in the room. But I was like, Psh, no, I saw a woman. And then... But as the visit went on, I felt this warm pressure build up inside of me, and right at the end, I knew in my heart I had to pray for him. So I asked Marianne to stay behind with me so I could pray with him. She did, and before I was about to pray, I felt so, so nervous because praying out loud wasn't really my thing, and I was, but when I started, all that just washed away, and while I was praying, I just didn't feel like it was me praying at all, and all the words were just flowing out of me. After I prayed, I felt so full of the Spirit, and it was like I was walking on a cloud. There were a couple of ladies while I prayed over Leonard, and they were all saying hallelujah and praise Jesus, etc. Well, and it was so powerful. I'm glad I stayed back and prayed over Leonard because it changed my life. 
Somewhere else where God was very present was at our debrief meetings because just hearing everyone else's experiences and getting to worship God as a group was very powerful. Hi, uh, I'm John, and um, so going into the Jamaica trip, uh, just kind of in the months ahead of that, I was on this this journey with God where he was showing me how to really listen to him and how to discern what he was saying, and it was, it was on my heart to kind of bring that to the youth that were on the trip um, and give them the opportunity to, to hear God and, and listen to him for themselves, and um, as a leadership group, we came up with this idea to do treasure hunts, which are basically we would spend time in the morning on the bus to wherever we were going, uh, praying and asking God to show us the treasure that he wanted us to go and find and, and pray over. And, you know, sometimes people would pray and they would see someone wearing a yellow shirt or, you know, a little boy or, or something like that. Or sometimes they just get a word like miserable. And um, in the first couple of days was a lot of people were kind of like, this is kind of weird, you know, I, I I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not getting words or, or stuff like that. But as the trip went on and as we kept persevering into that, God really, really just showered us with people to go and find and opportunities to go and speak his love into the people around us. And as you've heard, there were just so many cool opportunities, but a couple that were really like interesting for me, um, the one day we were at Comfort Hall and we were just like playing with the kids and doing Duck Duck Goose and Deborah actually, her necklace broke and the cross fell off, and she had been given that necklace uh, when she was baptized. So I was like, my first thought was, oh, well, God knows everything. Let's just pray, and he'll tell me where the necklace is. So we prayed about it, and he told me to go look in the church, and I was like, all right. So I went and looked in the church, and it wasn't there, and I kind of got frustrated because I'm like, why'd you tell me it was in the church if it wasn't in the church? Um, but over the course of the day, I just kind of kept praying into it and praying into it, and eventually I just surrendered and listened to what God was telling me to do, and he basically ended up taking me all over Comfort Hall to different places where our team was working. And over the course of this journey, I ended up, I kept being put into a position to help the people on the team. I would, I went over to like the bus at one point to check and see if the necklace was in the bus. And as I was going to the bus, Gary was looking for water and there was water in the bus. So I helped him fill up his water bottle and just little things like that. I kept getting the, kept being put in the right spot at the right time to help someone out. And at the end of it all, I found the necklace just in the field where they had been playing Duck, Duck, Goose in, in the first place. And it was just this like really wonderful moment of I had persevered and I had stuck through it and listened to what God was saying. And then he showed up and said, OK, here's the necklace. Here's what you've been looking for. And it was just such a powerful experience for me. I'm Bev Gordon. Um, Jim said to take a minute, but it's going to be a Jamaican minute. <laughs> <coughs> well, God showed up before I set foot in Jamaica. I thought I was going to, there to give back a little to my countrymen, but instead found that God wanted to give me more and return to me what I had allowed the, the enemy to steal. He showed up at work when when there was not a great deal of interest in buying tickets for a barbecue that we planned to raise money for this trip. It was trickling in slowly when one lady stepped up and took charge. Now she's not a believer, but I believe God can work through anyone in any situation for his purpose. Before I knew it, money flowed in like crazy. I started bawling, literally started bawling. We raised over $3,000 in about three days. All I could say to God was, 
Depart from me, I am a woman of unclean lips. I have seen the king. Here I am, send me. He showed up big time at the women's conference that was led by the, the women, the Jamaican women, sorry, by us, the Forest Booker men, on that first Saturday. From the huddling of the youth team praying for us, the speeches um, on stress, looking at the lives of Eve, Hagar, and Mary of Bethany, the mini clinics that ran in between breaks by taking blood pressures and blood sugar levels, to Rupert, the only male on the team, that humbly served lunches to 40 or so women and kids. What a day. God really re revealed himself big time. He showed up as we bought, put together, and hand-delivered groceries to the shut-ins and not-so-shut-ins. The youth were amazing. They actually took charge of leading the songs, Bible reading, and prayer. Way to go, parents. Please fan the flame that this has started. He showed up everywhere. He showed up at uh, when we cleaned the school, when we had the cookout, served lunches, the VBS, teen group session, everywhere. God was just everywhere. He showed up whether we looked for him or not. I could go on and on, but time doesn't permit. But nothing could be compared to how God lovingly and patiently opened my eyes to see him and where he wanted me. He brought to mind Hagar, who came to recognize that God truly sees her in her suffering. My response, God, you're never far away from me. From Eve, who allowed the devil to deceive her, therefore doubting God, but later redeemed. My response, help me not to doubt my belief. Mary of Bethany, who sat at Jesus' feet, soaking up his words, believing in him and his message. My response, Lord, may I constantly sit at your feet, and whenever I get up, help me to tell others of you. So here we restart the journey of my Jamaican palm tree and Simba. Thank you. Um, we were, this is the last question, and this is something that uh, I've asked uh, several individuals to say. Um, if you could speak to this congregation on behalf of the people you met in Jamaica, what would you say? And I know we've kind of run over our time, so I apologize, but uh, I've got uh, Marsha, Gary, Marianne, and Rupert who uh, will share real quick. Thanks. I'm Marsha, and what I would like you to know, Forest Brook, is that you are well represented on this trip and that for everything and anything you do towards mission, I know the Philippines mission is coming up, whatever you do, it is being done to the honor and glory of God. It's like a pebble, you throw it into the lake, and that pebble only hits that point in the water, but the ripple effect is magnificent. So every muffin you buy at Bake Sale, every $2 you contribute, every prayer and fasting, thank you, Forrest Brook, and it's going, we really were the hands and feet of Jesus. The other thing I'd like you to know, Forrest Brook, is that most of the people here I didn't know. I see them at church, never met them, and I came back loving your children, like meeting them, getting to know them, loving them, and I don't say that lightly. They are wonderful people. I know that they're not going to be perfect. They're teenagers. They're not, they're not supposed to be, but they are wonderful. They represented you well. Parents, be proud, and I'm forever, ever going to be loving them and praying for them. They did wonderfully. The Holy Spirit was there, and I'm just going to tell you a quick little experience and pass on the mic. Um, 
um, Marianne I roomed with and she was with the girls. She's the leader for the girls. And I, I gave her a curfew and every night she was coming home late. <laughs> so, so finally I said, we've got to move. So there are like seven buildings on the property. The youth were in building one and our room was all the way in building five. So I'm like, this is not acceptable because next thing I'm gonna have to step up this curfew and put it to punishment. So. <laughs> We asked for, I asked for the room to be moved, and I said, if it's on building one, that's great, but a little closer, at least, to building one. Didn't get the room the first day. The second day, we got the room, and lo and behold, it was right beside Gary and John's room, and that's where the deep, deep debriefing and prayer service takes place every night after a long day. So my first night there, I was in the shower. So there, there are vents that connect the bathrooms, and I was in the shower, and all of a sudden, there was this beautiful singing and and I it I don't know what a throng of angels sound like but I believe that I got that experience and there's this, and I uh, Carol was in the room I was like Carol Carol come you gotta come you gotta come come here come here and I, I was afraid I was gonna sip out of the bathtub at that point but it was the most beautiful thing and the deep that's uh, the the meeting had started in in Gary's room that night I rushed out of there whether I was done or not I don't know but I rushed out of there to get to the meeting the second night I made myself fashionably late just to hear it coming through that vent it it is the most beautiful thing you didn't hear one voice standing out but it was just such a perfect melody and please continue to invest in mission continue to invest in the young people a lot was done in Jamaica the ripple effect is happening you might not go but whatever you put in God bless you and thank you for it Hi, I'm Gary, as Jim already uh, mentioned. Jim and me have been in Jamaica a lot of times, so many times that we actually struggle to remember uh, how many, and I think I missed a couple. Jim thinks I only missed one, so I'm not sure. Uh, um, you know, for Jim and me, it's like we, we go down there, and Jim already said it's like parents of, of, of this team, and, and you know, it's, it's, you were received down there as family. It's like one family visiting old family, and Jim, obviously, you know, we know a lot of people down there. Um, but their hearts are just so open um, to us. And, they, you know, the, one of the nice things for this year is, like, we had Deborah Nash there. It's the third of the Nash girls to go. We had Rebecca Delgenio there. She's the third of the Delgenios to go. Um, Jacob Lozano was there. There's at least two other Lozanos that have been there. Um, it's, they appreciate the, the fact that we continue. We go there as a family every year. We're received as a family every year. The relationships are, continue to be built. You know, when we're in Comfort Hall, there's, there's so many people in this congregation are asked about, like Michelle Broad, been there two or three times. Like, people always ask for her. For Jamie, you know, Sandy Broad isn't here, and see her this morning. So they always ask for Sandy. There's so many people they keep asking for, and that's the relationships that this, this church, this, this church family have, have built um, in Jamaica. And, you know, this, this, this church is, is special. Like, we, you know, when we're down there as a team, people, people notice the relationship that we have the bonds that we have between us, but it's much wider than just this, this team. It's all the previous teams, and it's, it's this whole church. It is a very special family and community, and the people in Jamaica recognize that, and they love it when we visit with them, and they you know, continue to appreciate every year and that we go there. So you know, it's a big thank you to, you know, to this whole congregation, to all the families that, have, you know, that are part of this, this family, and you know, we go to visit our family down there, and I know that they, they so appreciate it, and uh, Jim and me are very happy to be um, the parents for the week.
right, my name is Marianne. Uh, so if I was going to speak on behalf of the Jamaican people, I would echo what Marsha and Gary have been saying. Uh, but I'd also just say uh, thank you for partnering with you know, the fundraisers, for allowing your children to come go down to Jamaica and to uh, be part of that community because they don't see us. I mean, this year we had those t-shirts, we are one, and truly that's how we felt when we were there. We are one. They consider us brothers and sisters because that's what we are. They're so happy to have us there. And the other thing I think they would definitely want me to tell you is that they definitely miss you. Those who've been in Jamaica before, they, they miss seeing you. They still remember you. They ask about you. Um, there's been a couple of times where people are like, oh, where is this person? Like, that person, I don't know, has a child somewhere. I don't know. Like, anyways. Um, but they, they love us, uh, and we're happy to be there as part of their family to work with them um, and, you know, to learn from them, to be blessed by them, and to bless them as well. So, yeah, I think that answers the question. Thank you. I like the purpose of what I have to say by saying I had no intention of uh, going to Jamaica. I went to the meeting just to observe <laughs> what was happening and end up being a part of the trip. I went with the concern that I'd hope I'll be able to make a contribution. And especially with this agile group of folks, that was primary one of my concern. However, I got there, and I saw the school in picture, and I was able to see this structure as is at Comfort Hall. It's quite a difference seeing it here and tape and being there and see the actual location and the building itself. We, as a group, I would say, I was an object. You folks who loved us and prayed for us were present. And we, I sensed that being there. And as I think of Comfort Hall and the school, I can't help but think of Albert Schweitzer when he started the little hospital many, many years ago, decades, and it's still going. And we could envision that for Forest Brook, what can result from that little school at Comfort Hall. I came home and there were many things going through my mind, but I know that the Lord worked through us and he continued to do that. And one of the things that, as I sat down, these things flooded, flowing through my mind, I wrote on a scrap of paper, and I'm going to read what I wrote, because I believe that we should as a church body and especially our leadership here should consider. 
Comfort Hall, Jamaica, should be a foreign mission, a foreign missions project, so that it becomes the subject of prayer throughout the year at Forest Brook. So that the seeds that were planted this year will not be choked out by the weeds over the next August. When the new team arrive next year, they will build on the vitality that's in Comfort Hall to expand the ministry. I am confident as we pray, I am confident that as we pray, we will have results in Comfort Hall and here. If we engage in the eternal exercise of love, which is prayer to God, we will get answers. You have, a, you have many testimonials of what transpired at Comfort, Comfort Hall. But we, we will not, or we will not have a full grasp of what God can do as we continue to pray. Let it not be just when we get in time to prepare for another youth trip that we re-engage in Jamaica and Comfort Hall. Remember Schweitzer. Remember what he did. Remember Hudson Taylor in China. This could be our Schweitzer and be our China Comfort Hall. And I'll be remiss if I don't say we had a great leader in Jim. I had the pleasure of dispensing his call. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, we went over time by a lot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, just one second. on behalf, pardon? Just one second. On behalf of the youth team, we would like to thank you guys, our church family, for supporting us always, whether it's financially or spiritually. We would like to thank our leaders, Marianne and Gary and John, for always supporting us and being there for us and praying with us, and for Mama Marsha being our step-in mom on the trip. And we want to thank the adult team for also being there and supporting us and taking care of us while we were there. And most of all for Jim for organizing this continually again and again and supporting us and praying with us and just leading us and making us who we are today. Thank you. All right. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And if we can take these benches. Thanks. <laughs>